for today's uh, mystery which is going to be brought to us by Drupert so we hope you're having a nice spooky Monday out there everyone hope you're celebrating uh, Halloween and that no ghouls have come for your gonads and ghoulies so far ghoulies for the gonads (laughs) yeah so Drew what uh, mystery have you got for us today I got a spooky inspired mystery yeah inspired by Obadiah himself oh I did maybe potentially suggest one yeah, and uh, the new Netflix uh, series. Um, series that's about yeah. this case as well. Mm. First um, first heard in the New York Times in 2014, The Tale of the Watcher. <gasps> and it's a mental tale. Mm. For, like, for a true story, this is mental. Like, if you, nice. were the, the, if you were the people involved in this, like, God knows what life was even like for them at the mm. time. Talk about, like, living on edge. As I, I tried to sort of... Uh, grasp that obviously in the track yeah mm. <laughs> that's it I th- we need no more introductions because that, that track <laughs> kind of introduced it pretty well yeah i liked uh, how it was um, on point for what the episode's about mm-hmm. it's good, good stuff i haven't actually mm. seen the series is it any good i've heard good things it's very good yeah i I'd, I'd forgotten about the story otherwise i probably would have already done it before on mystery mondays but i have actually heard it before a while back 
It couldn't have been that long ago, obviously, because it only came out. Like the only it actually happened in like 2014, so mm. it's not like a really old one, like a lot of the, the the mysteries that we talk about on the show. But I had heard it before, and it had just like I just forgotten about it. And then yeah, it came up on um, obviously Netflix the other day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I ended up just like binging it. Oh, I watched, oh well, I watched, <laughs> nice. it's, it's just like a seven series. You know, it's like a seven mini part. series, like a seven mm. part. Yeah. Each episode is about an hour long, and I was mm. like, well, I watched all seven of them in like three days. That's cool. Yeah, man. that's so cool that it's based on a true story as well. Mm. Yeah, does it make that like quite clear throughout the series? Does it come up like yeah? Based on but a I, true mean, story? I mean, I mean, I said it straight at the start of the series. Ah, right. Yeah, it's just based <laughs> but on obviously, true story. I think they change a lot of the details, probably out of respect to the original people, but also yeah. just to embellish certain Did things it, and it, have so creative in the freedom. Actual, in the actual real one, does it have all the weirdos like at the start and I'm stuff? Not sure, man. Because like sure. that was what I, I, I've only watched half of the first episode. Yeah. And um and like yeah, there was just this like crazy weird looking <laughs> man. We'll we'll see if he's in yeah, the story yeah, as well. Yeah. Yeah. But like had a bit of dis- disabilities or something, just like turned up in the Jasper. middle of their house, just like yeah, just like looking at it's like that'd be weird. And those weird old couple that always just sit on their oh, um, things and they're like really annoying. Can you imagine how like, triggered evil. you'd get if you yeah. moved there? Oh man, yeah, I'd be like, I'd be freaking getting triggered. How he did <laughs> I'd be get so triggered. triggered in the first scene with them when they like the woman's like standing like oh my all god, flowers and, that. and then she's really rude to yeah, him. Yeah, I'd be mm. like, if someone was on my lawn and I just bought this insane house and like they talked to me like that, oh, I'd be like, mate, yeah, he just didn't wasn't he? he was like good talking to you yeah he <laughs> got like mini trigger didn't yeah. he but I thought he did pretty well considering yeah, like, and I was like I was down. like fair play mate I don't mm. reckon I would have been that cool <laughs> <laughs> so should we hear of the tale mm. um, let's go one night in June 2014 Derek Broadus had just finished an evening of painting at his new home in Westfield New Jersey where he went outside to check the mail Derek and his wife, Maria, had closed on the six-bedroom house at 657 Boulevard three days earlier and were doing some renovations before they moved in. So there wasn't much in the mail except a few bills and a white card-shaped envelope. It was addressed in thick, clunky handwriting to the new owner, and the typed note inside began warmly, Dearest new neighbour at 657 Boulevard, Allow me to welcome you to the neighbourhood. For the Broadduses, buying 657 Boulevard had fulfilled a dream. Maria was raised in Westfield and the house was a few blocks from her childhood home. Derek grew up working class in Maine, uh, then moved his way up the ladder in an insurance company in Manhattan to become a senior vice president with a salary large enough to afford the $1.3 million house. The Broadduses had bought 657 Boulevard just after Derek celebrated his 40th birthday, and their kids and their three kids were already debating which of the house's fireplaces Santa Claus would be would use. But it, as Derek kept reading the letter from his new neighbour, it took a turn. How did you end up here? The writer asked. Oh, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> it's not that intimidating. How did, How did you, you end up here? <laughs> so, uh, I, I thought so. it was in speech marks, and I thought it was Mr. Broadus at yeah, first, yeah. so I was just going to give him so. a name. So, <laughs> how did you end up here? It was Jim Carrey. <laughs> it was Jim Carrey that was right. So. How did you end up here? The writer asked. <laughs> I like this one. Did 657 Boulevard call to you from, a vi- from its force within? The letter went on. 657 Boulevard has been the subject of my family for decades now, and as it approaches its 110th birthday, I have been put in charge of watching and waiting for its second coming. My grandfather watched the house in the 1920s and my father watched it in the 1960s. It is now my time, 
Do you know the history of the house? Do you know what lies within the walls of 657 Boulevard? Why are you here? I will find out. <laughs> oh, I just That's up a such a creepy letter. <laughs> that is so creepy. That's you, mental. Man, if you like, if I can just imagine, right? If that was like my house and just like reading it and just look, looking around and being like, <laughs> what's what? in the walls? What yeah. dead person is like buried yeah. in the walls? What happened there? Satanic, satanic like freaking energy. Mm. Mm. The author's renaissance um, had apparently already begun. The letter identified the Broadhouse's Honda minivan. Uh, as well as the workers renovating the home. I see that you have already, uh, you've flooded 657 Boulevard with contractors so that you can destroy the house as it was supposed to be. The person wrote, tick, tick, tick. bad move. You don't want to make 657 Boulevard unhappy. Earlier in the week, Derek and Maria had gone to the house and chatted with their new neighbours while their children, who were 5, 8 and 10 years old, ran around the backyard with several kids from the neighbourhood. The letter writer seemed to have noticed. You have children, I have seen them. So far I think there are three that I have counted. The anonymous correspondent wrote before asking if there were more on the way. Do you need to fill the house with young blood? I requested. Better for me. Was your old house too small for the growing family, or was it greed to bring me your children? Once I know their names, I will call them and draw them to me. No. <laughs> Somebody wrote that about my kid. And Jeez, you'd I, like, yeah, yeah, you'd be like, what the? I'm going full Rambo. The envelope had no return address. Who am I? The person wrote. There are hundreds and hundreds of cars that drive by 657 Boulevard each day. Maybe I am in one. Look at all the windows you can see from 657 Boulevard. Maybe I am in one. Look out of, of the many windows of 657 Boulevard at all the people who stroll by each day. Maybe I am one. The letter concluded with a suggestion that this message would not be the last. Welcome, my friends. Welcome. Let the party begin. Oh, I like how it's like a signature typed in a cursive font. The Watcher. I like how it's like preying on the on like somebody's paranoia yeah. by being like maybe, maybe I'm in I'm one of the cars, maybe yeah. I'm in one of the windows. It's like praying. It's like enhancing your paranoia, isn't it's it? It's so twisted, isn't it? That's mm. such a twisted letter to write. Jesus. It was after 10 p.m. and the Der and, and Derek Broadus was alone. He raced around the house, turning off lights so no one could see inside, then called the Westfield Police Department. An, of an officer came to the house, read the letter and said, What the is this? And asked Derek if he had enemies and recommended uh, moving a piece of construction equipment from the back porch in case the watcher tried to toss it through the window. Derek rushed back to his wife and kids who were living at their old home elsewhere in Westfield. That night, Derek and Maria wrote an email to John and, and Andrea Woods, the couple who sold them 657 Boulevard, to ask if they had any idea who the watcher might be, or why he, he or she had written, I asked the Woods to bring me your young blood and it looks like they listened. <laughs> why? Do you know what, as well, you'd be pretty annoyed, wouldn't you, with like the people that lived there before you? Yeah, not telling yeah. you something like that. I mean, I'm real annoyed at my landlady not telling me that there was a mould problem in the house. <laughs> so I can't imagine what you'd be like. Really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, a I, I can see that she's just like painted all the walls, hope for the best. Yeah. And then yeah. six months later, it's like all coming yeah, through. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, God. So yeah, I can't imagine that. Andrea Woods replied the next morning, a few days before moving out. The Woodses had also received a letter from The Watcher. 
The note had been odd, she said, and made similar mention of the watcher's family observing the house over time, but Andrea said she and her husband had never received anything like it in their 23 years in the house. That's mad, isn't it? And had thrown the letter away without much thought. It must have freaked them out a little bit. Yeah. That might have been the reason they sold it. Like, yeah. Imagine that. Yeah, <laughs> Just yeah, before yeah. you move out, you get this hat, like a weird letter. You'd be like, oh, I'm not living here anymore. The idea that like someone's been watching you for 23 years mm. as well, and you just haven't known, and they've just been secretly like watching. Imagine if they threw like a couple details in from like 20 mm. years ago and yeah. stuff that they like shouldn't know. I think as well, like. Um, Obviously, you know it's how nice it is just to relax in your own place, like late at night. Mm. But you wouldn't be able to relax late at no, night. No, with, no, with no. someone yeah. actually saying they are the watcher. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Oh god. Um, that day, the Woodses went out and Maria to the police station, where Detective uh, Leonard Lugo told her not to tell anyone about the letters, including her new neighbours, most of whom she had never met, and all of whom were now suspects. So the police officer told him not to tell anyone, mm. like that they received it just, I suppose, yeah. Keep the hysteria down. I suppose yeah. because a lot of um, criminals and weirdos, they like thrive off the fame. Yeah, they? That's why yeah. they think that people like, um, you know, like the Zodiac Killer and things like that um, mm. wrote, you know, and probably like the Axe Murder of New Orleans as well, like mm. wrote to the press. It's because they're like, they're like getting so much, like a mm. kick out of the yeah, notoriety. And that, and that was Andrea Woods. So uh, the the police told Aunt, the the couple that mm. sold the mm. house to mm. them mm. Not, not to say to, anything, not to say anything as well. Yeah. So that so I suppose that's like get like um you know getting their back for like mm. um the fact that they didn't tell the new owners like oh the police told me not to yes <laughs> yeah. yes yeah yeah covering their their butts. Mm. The Broadises spent the coming weeks on high alert. Derek cancelled a work trip, and whenever Maria took the kids to their new house, she would yell their names if they wandered into a corner of the yard. When Derek gave a tour of the renovation to a couple on the block, he froze uh, when the wife said, It'll be nice to have some young blood in the neighbourhood. <gasps> The Broadus's general contractor arrived one, mor- arrived, arrived one morning to find that a heavy sign he'd hammered into the front yard had been ripped out overnight. It's a bit weird, isn't it? What kind of sign? I was like, that's uh, yeah. maybe like a con- like saying he, like his contractor sign. Have you seen that? Like whenever like mm. people like put fences up and that, sometimes they like put like mm. a sign so you know who's doing it for right, you know, advertising. Right, right. You know what I was saying about like how the watch is like praying, like enhancing and preying on everyone's paranoia. Mm. Like, mm. do you know what I mean? It's like doing little weird every time you hear well. the word the word like blood. Now he's mm. like, is that the watcher? Yeah, do you know what I mean that person like that could be such an innocent. Thing because that's like something. Oh, nice to have some young blood in the neighborhood. Yeah, I remember when I moved in, I'm pretty sure like the lady at the end of the house said that about us. Uh, Yeah, Mm. youngins. Yeah. Two weeks after the letter arrived, Maria stopped by the house to look at some paint samples and check the mail. She recognized the thick black lettering on a card shaped envelope and called the police. Welcome again to your no home at 657 Boulevard, the watcher wrote. The workers have been busy, and I have been watching you unload carfuls of your personal belongings. The dumpster is a nice touch. Have they found what is in the walls yet? In time they will. Man, <laughs> that like walls thing, I yeah. would I would have to know. I'd have to be like, right, I'm getting someone in to knock down mm-hmm. these walls and let me know what is in it. This time, the watcher had addressed Derek and Maria directly, misspelling their names as Mr. and Mrs. Braddus. 
Had the watcher been close enough to hear one of the Broadus's contractors addressing them? The watcher boasted of having learned a lot about the family in the preceding weeks, especially about their children. The letter identified the Broadus's three kids by birth order and by their nicknames. The ones Maria had been yelling, I am pleased to know your, um, your names now and the name of the young blood you have brought to me. It said, you certainly say their names often. The letter asked about one child in particular, whom the writer had seen using an easel inside the enclosed porch. Is she the artist in the family? The letter continued. 657 Boulevard is anxious for you to move in. It has been years and years since the young blood ruled the hallways of the house. Have you found all the secrets it holds yet? Will the young blood play in the basement? Or are they too afraid to go down there alone? I would be very afraid if I were them. It is far away from the rest of the house. If you were upstairs, you would never see it and scream. Will they sleep in the attic? Or will you all sleep on the second floor? Who has the bedrooms facing the street? I'll know as soon as you move in. It will help me to know who is in which bedroom. Then I can plan better. Oh. All of the windows and doors in 657 Boulevard allow me to watch you and track you as you move through the house. Who am I? I am the Watcher and have been in control of 657 Boulevard for the better part of two decades now. The Woods family turned it over to you. It was their time to move on and kindly sold it when I asked them to. I pass by many times a day. 657 Boulevard is my job, my life, my obsession. And now you are too, Broder's family. Welcome to the product of your greed. Greed is what brought you to part to the past three families. Brought you sorry. Greed is what brought the past three families to 657 Boulevard. And now it has brought you to me. Have a happy moving in day. You know I'll be watching. Oh, creepy, creepy git. So that's the second one. Second weirdness. Mm. Derek and Maria stopped bringing their kids to the house. They were no longer sure when or if they would move in. Several weeks later, a third letter arrived. Where have you gone to, the watcher wrote. 657 Boulevard is missing you. Many Westfield residents compare their town to Mayberry, the idyllic setting for the Andy Griffith show. The kind of place where a new neighbor might greet you with a welcoming note. Westfield is 45 minutes from New York and a bit too slow for singles, meaning the town's 30,000 residents are largely well-to-do families. This year, Bloomberg ranked Westfield the 99th richest city in America, but only the 18th wealthiest in New Jersey. And in 2014, uh, when the watcher struck, the website Neighborhood Scout named it the country's 30th safest town. The most pressing local issues of late, according to the residents, have been the temporary closure of Trader Joe's after a roof collapse and the rampant scourge of scourge, scourge, scourge. How would you say that? Scourge. Yeah, like scourge. Yeah, of unconstitutional policing, by which they mean aggressive parking enforcement. (laughs) Westfield is 86% whites. One activity all locals recognise as treacherous is trying to buy a house. There's a lot of money and a lot of ego, one resident who requested anonymity anonymity before discussing Westfield's real estate told me. 
I've seen bidding wars where friends lost by $300,000. The Broadus's house was on the boulevard, a wide tree-lined street with some of the more desirable homes in town. The watcher had noted, the boulevard used to be the street to live on. You made it if you lived on the boulevard. But in 1905, 657 Boulevard was perhaps the, per, perhaps the grandest home on the block. And when the Woodses uh, put it on the market, they had received multiple offers above their asking price. That led the Broadises to initially suspect the watcher might be someone upset over losing mm. out on the house. Yeah. Mm. But the Woodses um, said one interested buyer had backed out after a bad medical diagnosis, while Ooh. another had already found a different home. In an initial email to the Broadises, Andrea Woods proposed another theory. Would the mention of the contractor trucks and your children suggest that, someone, that it was someone in the neighborhood? Yeah, my <laughs> <laughs> The letters did indicate proximity. Yeah. They had uh, been processed in Kearney, the US Postal Service's distribution center in northern New Jersey. The first was postmarked June 4th, before the sale was public. The Woodses had never put up a for sale sign, and only a day after the contractors arrived. The renovations were mostly interior, and people who lived nearby say they didn't notice an unusual co commotion, even from jackhammering in the basement. Even from the jackhammering mm. in the basement. Mm. When Derek and Maria walked uh, Detective Luger around the house, they, were, uh, they showed him the easel on the porch was hidden from the street by vegetation, making it difficult to see unless someone was behind the house on the right next door. Or right next door. A few days after the first letter, Maria and Derek went to a barbecue across the street, welcoming them and another new homecomer to the block. The Broadises hadn't told anyone about the Watcher, as the police had instructed, and found themselves scanning the party for clues while keeping ta tabs on their kids, mm. who ran guilelessly through a crowd uh, that made up much of the suspect pool. We kept screaming to them to stay close. <laughs> That's the Maria, I can't. We kept screaming to them to stay close, Maria said. People must have thought we were crazy. At one point, Derek was chatting with John Schmidt, who lived two doors down when Schmidt told him about the Langfords who lived between them. Peggy Langford was in her 90s and several of her adult children, all in their 60s, lived with her. That's a bit crazy. Mm. I suppose if you've got a massive house. Mm. The family was a bit odd, Schmidt said, but harmless. He described one of the younger Langfords, Michael, who didn't work and had a beard like Ernest Hemingway as kind of Bo Radley Cadillac, kind of a Boo Radley character. Mm. I don't know who Boo Radley is. From, um, oh, what's that book? I know where it's from. I'll figure it out. I'll let you know when I figure it out. I remember we did it in uh, English. Oh, oh right. yeah. Oh. But um, it's, it's one of those like old American. Is it something with the rabbits? That happens with no, the rabbits. No, it's not it? of oh. mice and men. Oh. It's, it's about like the, the main character is like a lawyer. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. I can't remember exactly what mm. one it is. I'll figure it out. At one point, Derek was... Oh, no, that's what I just read. Derek uh, thought the case was solved. The Langfords, um, the Langford house was right next to the easel on the porch. The family had lived there since the 1960s, when the watcher's father, the letter said, had begun observing 657 Boulevard. Richard Langford, the family patriarch, had died 12 years earlier, and the current watcher claimed to have been on the job the better part of two decades. When the Broadises told, told Lugo about the family, 
He said he already knew, and a week after the first letter arrived, arrived, he brought Michael Langford to the police headquarters for an interview. Michael denied knowing anything about the letters, but the Broadduses say that Lugal told, it, told them that the narrative of what he said matched things mentioned in the letters. This isn't CSI, Westfield Lugo, Lugo later told the Broadduses. When the wife is dead, it's the husband. I don't really get that, but... <laughs> yeah. yeah cool. Who Radley's from uh, To Kill a Mockingbird as well, ah, right? okay. <laughs> I found out. But there wasn't much hard evidence, and after a few weeks, the police chief told the Broadduses that, short of an admission, there wasn't much the department could do. This is someone who threatened my kids and the police are saying probably not, not, nothing's going to happen, Derek said. Probably mm. isn't good enough for me. After the second letter, Derek told the cops that if they didn't take care of the situation, they would have a different kind of case on their hands. A legal case. Mm. <laughs> the person attacked my family and where I'm from, if you do that, you get your ass beat, Derek told me. He's <laughs> <laughs> going hood on them. Going hood on the 5-0. Frustrated, the Broadduses had began their own investigation. Derek became especially obsessed. He set up webcams in 657 Boulevard and spent nights crouched in the dark watching to see if anyone was watching the house at close range. I don't blame him. Yeah, you I would, would do get the like same. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He'd be like keeping a proper lookout. Yeah. Maria thought I was crazy. He told the recent. Uh, he told me recently at a coffee shop in Manhattan. So just uh, to clarify. This is written. Um, this is written by the New York Times. Right. So this mm. uh, this investigator had actually met the Broadduses and um, and and written this. So it's from her perspective. Cool, cool. Um, he showed me a map displaying when each of the six five seven neighbors had moved in. The Langfords were the only ones there since the sixties, with overlays um, marking possible sight lines for the easel and a circle for approximate range of earshot. To estimate um, who might have heard Maria yelling at their kids' names, only a few homes fit both criteria. So yeah, there was only a couple where they could hear and they could see the things that he'd said in the letters, mm. he or she had said in the letters. The Broadduses also turned to several experts. They employed a private investigator who staked out the neighborhood and ran background checks on the Langfords but didn't find anything noteworthy. Derek reached out to a former FBI agent who served as the inspiration for um, Clarice Starling in The Silence of the Lambs. They were on a high school board of trustees together, and they also hired Robert Lenehan, another former FBI agent, to conduct a threat assessment. Lenehan recognised several old-fashioned ticks in the letters that pointed to an older writer. The envelope was addressed to M. M. Braddus. The salutations included the day's weather, warm and humid, sunny and cool for a summer's day, and the sentences had double spaces between them. The letters had a certain literary panache. Panache, which suggested a voracious reader mm. and a, a surprise, which I'm like not at the moment, <laughs> <laughs> and a surprising lack of profanity given the level of anger which Lenehan thought meant uh, f thought meant a less macho writer. 
Maybe he wondered. <laughs> You're not macho enough to drop an F bomb. <laughs> Maybe he wondered the Watcher had seen The Watcher starring Keanu Reeves as a serial killer who stalks the detective trying to catch him. I didn't him. even know that was a movie. <laughs> yeah, nor did I. Keanu Reeves? Yeah. Wow. He's cool as well. I like him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's why I'm sort of surprised I've never heard of it. It's yeah. cool that, like, uh, the, uh, a former FBI private investigator can, like, go to town oh, so yeah. much on that and, like, actually mm-hmm. pick up things. I like, guess, like, even the more than the poli- yeah. police department. Yeah. Well, of, they're like, higher yeah, level, okay, aren't they? It's a, yeah, it's an older, like, you know. It's an older writer. Yeah. Maybe not very masculine. So either it's a woman or it's a quite uh, a feminine man. Yeah. yeah. Older. And um, maybe, maybe I was thinking, maybe even like a bit religious, because obviously religious people are more like to not like swearing and things like that. Mm. And yeah, like just the typography, how they could say like, you know, little things about them. Yeah, and addressing the the, the weather. Yeah. yeah, I guess that instantly though like narrows down the suspects by quite a lot, doesn't it? Mm. Mm. I just realised as well. Obviously, we're talking about this being like the one that the Watcher from Netflix is mm. based off. But have any of you watched American Horror Story before? I really yes. want to watch yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, actually, you know, American my, Horror Story. Yeah. You know the first series, Cov- uh, right? Yeah, Murder House. Yeah, yeah. Based off this. Oh, was it? Yeah, just I, I, I was thinking as I sat there, I was like, I oh, wonder right. if that is what that's based off. So I searched it up on my phone. Oh, Apparently, right. that is what that is based on. Oh, cool. Mm. That's a good, I, that, that's, yeah. I still think that's one of the best seasons as yeah, well. Yeah, I agree. Story. I agree. I've watched it, but I can't remember it. Yeah, all. it's yeah. so annoying. I've, it's been a long time ago. I can remember the vague, fa- vague yeah. facts. Mm. You know what I mean, like vague facts. Lenehan didn't think the the watcher was likely to act on the threats. But the letters had enough typos and errors to imply a certain erraticism. Mm. The mm. first letter was dated Tuesday, June 4th, but that day was a Wednesday. Mm. There was also a seething anger directed at the wealth, the wealthy in particular. Mm. Uh, the watcher was a upset by mm. new money moving into town. Are you one of those hob- ho- Hoboken transplants who are ruining Westfield? And by the broad oh, and by the Broadus's relatively modest renovations, the ha- this is him in the letter yeah. again, as you can throw it. The house is crying from all the pain it's going through. You have changed it and made it so fancy. You are stealing its history. It cries for the past and what used to be in the time when I roamed its halls. The 1960s were a good time for 657 Boulevard, when I ran from room to room imagining the life uh, with the rich occupants there. The house was full of life and young blood. Then it got old and and so did my father, but he kept watching until the day he died. And now I watch and wait for the day when the young blood will be mine again. Oh my lord. <laughs> Man. Lenehan recommended looking into former housekeepers or their descendants. Perhaps the watcher was jealous that the Broadduses had bought a home that the writer couldn't afford. Mm. But the focus remained on the Langfords. In cooperation with Westfield Police, the Broadduses sent a letter to the Langfords announcing plans to tear down the house, hoping to prompt a response. Nothing happened. Detective Lugo brought Michael Langford in for a second interview, but got nowhere, and his sister Abby accused the police of harassing their family. Evidently, the Broadduses hired... um, Sorry, eventually, the Broadduses hired Lee Levitt, a lawyer, who met with several members of the Langford family, as well as their attorney, to show them the letters, along with photos explaining how their homes uh, home was one of the few vantage points from which the easel could have been seen. The meeting grew tense, Levitt told me, and the Langfords insisted Michael was innocent. 
One night, Derek had a dream in which he confronted Peggy, the eldest Langford, and demanded she build an eight-foot fence between the properties. Maria was having other kinds of dreams. One night, she woke up to an especially vivid one about a man who lived nearby. He was wearing what... She's not so creepy. He was wearing one of these boots and carrying a pitchfork and called to, to the kids and I couldn't get to them in time, Maria said. But uh, she, she, she thought almost anyone could be the watcher. With many daily light... Uh, with me, Sorry, man. I don't know what's going on with my sorry, reading no worries, today. Man. I need to nip it Clean in the slate. bud. I need to just take a deep relax. breath. Relax. Not think too much relax. and just do it. The, the watcher case has gotten through a bit. Well mm. done. It's because I'm thinking about the case as I'm reading it yeah, as well, yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's like taking me off the task at hand. Yeah. She thought almost anyone could be the watcher, which made daily life feel like navigating a labyrinth of frets. She probed the faces of shoppers at Trader Joe's to see if they looked strangely at her kids and spent hours googling anyone who seemed suspicious. There were reasons to consider other suspects. For one thing, the police spoke to Michael before the second letter was sent which would make sending two more especially reckless. The Broadduses say that Lugo told them they wouldn't receive any more letters after he spoke to Michael. He must have been pretty, like, straight, mm. like, you know, if mm. this is you, mm. like, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. Mm. Then there was the rest of the neighbourhood to consider. The private investigator found two child sex offenders oh within dear. a few bo blocks. Bill oh. Woodward, the Broadduses' house painter, had also noticed something strange. The couple behind 657 Boulevard kept a pair of lawn chairs strangely close to the Broadus' property. One day I was uh, looking out the window and I saw this older guy sitting on one of the chairs, Woodward told me. He wasn't facing his house, he was facing the Broadus's. But by the end of 2014, 2014 the investigation had stalled. The watcher had left no digital trail, no fingerprints and no way to place someone at the scene of a crime that could have been hatched from pretty much any mailbox in northern New Jersey. The letters could be read closely um, for possible clues um, or, dis or dismissed as a nonsensical ramblings of a sociopath. It was like trying to find a needle in a haystack, said That's the thing, Scott isn't it? Cross. Like you're there, you're like looking for clues in it, but it yeah. could literally just be rubbish. So, like absolutely yeah. just blabbering. You could go like so far yeah. into like You could spend days like I analyzing something that is just completely just nonsense. Mm. Yeah, so Scott Crowe said that um who helped investigate the case for the union County Prosecutor's Office. In December, the Westfield police told the Broadduses that they had run out of options. Derek showed the letters to his priest, who agreed to bless the house. And this is a little picture of uh, just the inside of the house. Oh yeah. Just a little window. Mm. Just for your perusing pleasure. Nice, nice. nice the renovations to, <laughs> so the renovations to 65 Boulevard, including a new alarm system, were finished within a few months. But the idea of moving in filled the Broadduses with overwhelming anxiety, which it would, wouldn't it, really? Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. But also spending all that money, like, doing it up in yeah. that as well, you'd be like, oh, so weird. Could they let their kids play outside or have friends over? Would they get a new letter every week? Derek priced out trained um, German shepherds and posted a job on a, on a website for military veterans. All you have to do is work out in the backyard every day. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. 
but the Broaduses hadn't brought 657 to feel bunkered in a fortress. At the end of the day, it came down to, what are you willing to risk? Uh, Maria told me. (laughs) (laughs) Maria's been taking testosterone. Uh, We weren't going to put our kids in harm's way, Derek had been um, responding to occasional alarms to the house, sometimes in the middle of the night, bringing a knife with him just in case. I thought Americans had guns. Yeah. They were so joyous about their new home, and then within days they were petrified, Bill Woodward, the painter said. I'm a stranger, and Maria was crying and shaking in my arms. It didn't help that the watcher seemed to be getting more and more unhinged. So that was the painter, Ooh. like it just she just started crying to the painter and cuddling him. Like that's a bit that's that's pretty desperate, isn't it? She was obviously having like a mental breakdown. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So this is another little bit of the letter from from the watcher. Six five seven Boulevard is turning on me. It's coming after me. I don't understand why. What spell did you cast on it? It used to be my friend, and now it's my enemy. I'm in charge of 657 Boulevard. It's not in charge of me. I will fend off its bad things and wait for it to become good again. It will not punish me. I will rise again. I will be patient and wait for this to pass and for you to bring the young blood back to me. 657 Boulevards needs young blood. It needs you. Come back. Let the young blood play again like I once did. Let the young blood sleep in 657 Boulevard. Stop changing it. Let it alone. The Broadusses had sold their <laughs> old home, so they, <laughs> so they moved in with Maria's parents while confront, uh, continuing to pay the mortgage and property taxes on 657 Boulevard. I had to do things like shovel the driveway, Derek said. Just picture that little indignity. I'd go at five in the morning, then come back and do it all again at my in-laws. They told me a handful of friends, me and a handful of friends about the letters, which left others to ask why they weren't moving in. Legal issues, they said, and wonder and uh, wonder if they were getting divorced. They fought constantly and started. So, oh, so they actually wondered if they were going to get divorced because they started arguing. So they fought right. constantly and started taking medication to fall asleep. I was I was a depressed wreck, Derek said. Maria decided to see a therapist after therapist after a routine doctor's visit, and began with the question that began with the question, "How are you?" Caused her to burst into tears. Oh dear! The therapist said (laughs) she was suffering post-traumatic stress that wouldn't go away until they got rid of the house. Six months after the um, the letters arrived, uh, the Broadduses decided to sell Six Five Seven Boulevard. They initially listed it for more than they paid to reflect the renovations they'd done, mm. but few worlds are more gossipy than the suburban New Jersey mm. real estate, and rumours had already begun to swirl about why the house sat empty. One broker emailed to say to uh, say her client loved it, but there are so many unsubst- um, su- um, unsubstantiated rumours flying around, ranging from, from sexual predator to stalker, uh, that they needed to know more. The Broadduses sent a partial disclosure mentioning the letters to interested buyers and told Coldwell Banker, their realtor, that they intended to show the full letters to anyone whose 
offer was accepted. Marvelous, <laughs> so, so much to put you nope. Imagine being like, oh, this is a really nice house. Yeah, my brother's. And they're like, yeah, but here's these. It also comes with these letters. Here's these letters. <laughs> and then you read them and you'll be like, mm. man, uh, uh, uh. I got like enough stresses in my life as it is. Man. Yeah. I do not need this. Like. Several preliminary offer, offer bids came in well below the asking price, but the Broadduses went weren't ready to take such financial hit. And only because well, yeah, it could ruin your life, couldn't it? Yeah. Do you know I mean? To get it in the first place, it seemed like super expensive, and then all those renovations mm. in there. Nicest house on the block, and then mm. thousands of pounds worth of renovations. Um. So they weren't. Um, several. Oh yeah. So weren't ready to take financial hit and only wanted to share the letters with likely buyers. No one even got that far, even after they lowered the price. A Coldwell agent um, who hadn't read the letters told them in an email that they were being unnecessarily forthcoming. Uh, my friend got horrible threatening letters about her dog barking and she didn't think to disclose, but the Broadduses insisted, I don't know how you live through what we did and think you could do it to, to somebody person. else, yeah, yeah. Derek said. Like it's almost like preying on them, isn't it? Preying mm. on their naivety. Yeah, their I like that. I like, yeah. like cause me in, too. Me like, too. Yeah, that they're they're being very genuine about it. Mm. I see how like a lot more like cold and methodical people would be like, well, that's just stupid. But I'm like, nah, it's decent. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? Doing the decent mm. thing. Yeah. Derek and Maria thought about uh, what they would have done um, had the previous owner told them about the letter from the watcher. The Woodses, both retired scientists, told the Broadduses that they remembered the letter they received as more strange than threatening, thanking them um, for taking care of the house. Uh, they said they never had any issues. We certainly never failed watch, Dandria told them. They rarely even locked the doors. But the Broadduses felt the name uh, um, felt the name alone was ominous enough to merit mentioning to the new family moving in. Mm. And on June the second, two thousand and fifteen, a year after buying six five seven Boulevard, they filed a legal complaint against the Woodses, arguing that the Woodses should have disclosed the letter just as they had um, the fact the water that the water sometimes um, went bad in the basement. The Broadduses say they hoped to reach a, a quiet settlement. Their kids still didn't know about the Watcher, and their lawyer assured them that, at most, a small legal news hire might pick up the story. We do some creepy stories, Tamron Hall says on the Today Show a few weeks later. This may, might be top 10 creepy. A local reporter had found the complaint which included snippets of the Watcher's menacing threats, and after a belated attempt by the Broadduses to, to seal it, the story went viral. News trucks camped out six five se at 657 Boulevard, and one local reporter set up a lawn chair to conduct his own watch. The Broadduses got more than 300 media requests, but with advice from a crisis management consultant referred by one of Derek's colleagues, they decided not to speak publicly to spare their kids even more attention. Mm. You know what, in a way, that may have been like a little bit nice for them. <laughs> mm. After having so long of like having no one there to overwatch you and then just having all these like news surveillance mm. people 24 seven watching. I guess it would give you a little bit of a break to sleep at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they vacated Westfield and went to a friend's beach house. 
they didn't find much peace. Maria's grandfather had a heart attack, oh. and the friend they were st staying with had a grand mal seizure. Oh, what? These people are having uh, a rough time. Yeah, man. Jesus. That's some bad karma. Oh, man, I've been having a really past, bad time. I'm, I'm going to therapy. I've got PTSD, but I'm going to go and stay with my grandpops. Mm. Get their heart attack. Oh, damn. Eventually, Derek and Maria sat down with their children to explain the real reason they hadn't moved into the house. Because, yeah, the kids must just be thinking, what, what? is going on? My parents on? have gone yeah. mental. Yeah, why have we got <laughs> such this nice house? And why has mum go gone there? so cray-cray? Mm. crying in the painter's arms um, the kids had plenty of questions who is the watcher where does this person live why is this person angry with us to which Derek and Maria had few answers um, can you imagine having that conversation with a five year old Derek told me your town isn't as safe as you think it is and there is a boogeyman obsessed with you imagine saying that to your kid mm. yeah you know? From a safer distance, The Watcher was a real-life mystery to solve. A commenter on NJ.com um, su suggested ground-penetrating radar to find whether the Watcher claimed, uh, find whatever The Watcher claimed was in the walls. The home inspector had already looked and told Derek the only issue was the aging home's lack of insulation. That's lack of insulation. That that no. you can imagine there being some space behind there. You uh -huh. know? Imagine if he was just crawling around the walls. Like that weird, you remember you told me about the woman who was living in that guy's, like, cupboard? Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. in his kitchen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God. I think there's a there's a term for people that do that. It's a really funny term. Weirdos. I swear <laughs> it's called something like turtle something. I know, <laughs> I know that sounds, like, made up. Turtle head. Turtle I, shelling. I swear that's, like, a term. Oh, yeah, like, for people head, that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that might be why. That might be why. <laughs> I've never really thought about that, to be honest. But, yeah, there's a name for it. But it's happened in more than one, one time. In, in history, but anyway. Mm. That would explain him being like, one day you'll find out who's in the wall or what's in the walls. Mm. It's just him. <laughs> mm. A group of Reddit users obsessed over Google Maps uh, Street View, uh, which showed a car parked in front of 657 uh, that one user thought had a man holding a camera um, in, the, mm. in the driver's seat. Others more rationally saw pixelated glare. <laughs> right, right. The range of proposed suspects included a jilted mistress, a spurned realtor, a local high schooler created a, a local high schooler's creative writing project, guerrilla marketing for a horror movie, and um, more goths having fun. Some people just thought the Broadduses were wimps for not moving in. I would never let this sicko stop me from moving into a house. Never back down from a terrorist. Which irked the Broadduses. Um, none of them have read the letters or had their children threatened by someone they didn't know, Derek told me. To decide whether this person person's only nuts enough to write these letters and not do something, what if something did happen? In Westfield, people were on the edge. Laurie Clancy, who teaches piano lessons in her house behind 657 Boulevard, told me one of her students came for a lesson shortly after news of the watcher broke and started bawling. She was terrified to walk down the boulevard, Clancy said. Um, at, at the first Westfield Town Council meeting after the letters became public, Mayor Andy Skombrinsky asked the public, uh, assured the public that the watcher hadn't been heard from in a year and that even though the police hadn't solved the case, the, their investigation had been ex exhaustive. This was news to 657's neighbours, most of whom had never heard from the co cops. 
we are confronted we are confounded as to how a th thorough investigation can be conducted without talking to all the neighbors when within proximity of the home several of them wrote in a letter to the local paper under the glare of um, national attention, Baron Chambliss, a veteran detective of the Westfield Police, was asked to look at the case. The broadest is of victims, and I don't think they got the support they needed, Chambliss, who has since retired, told me recently of the initial investigation. But they were kind of saying at first it was because um, it was it was because they were all suspects, the neighbours mm. and stuff. Mm. But now they're like, oh no, we didn't do it properly, you know. Yeah, mm. yeah. Maybe that was like an excuse. Sloppy police like, work, yeah, innit? Yeah. yeah. It's nothing really threatening. <laughs> yeah. I do find a lot of stuff with like police and stuff, it's like reactionary. Like yeah. the, like they'll mm. only go really into something if something bad has actually happened. Yeah, to yeah. Them. By if that point it's already too late. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, Chambliss knew his colleagues had looked closely at Michael Langford. According to his brother Sandy Langford, Michael had been diagnosed with schizophrenia as a young man. I guess this is the weirdo mm. that was in the series that I was talking about. Jasper. Mm. Yeah, yeah. He sometimes spooked newcomers to the neighbourhood when he did strange things, like mm. walk through their back backyard or peek into the windows of oh, homes that were being renovated. But those who knew him told me that the odd things he did were mostly just un unusual neighbourly kindness. Mm. He goes out and gets the new newspaper for every uh, for for me every morning," said John Smith, who lives next door. And now I'm going to pass over the second chapter <gasps> to Mr. Callum, just because it's a really long tale. Yeah, man. And I'm reading I'm, fatigue. I'm getting a bit of reading fatigue. <laughs> yeah, don't blame me, man. So yeah. So this is Dum Dum <laughs> Chapter Two. <laughs> People who had known Michael for decades told me they didn't think he was capable of writing the letters. As Shambliss looked into the case, he discovered something surprising. Investigators had eventually conducted a DNA analysis on one of the envelopes and determined that the DNA belonged to a woman. Shambliss decided to look more closely at Abby Langford, Michael's sister, who worked as a real estate agent. Was she upset about missing a commission right next door? She also worked at the local Lord and Taylor and Shambliss coordinated with a security guard there to nab her plastic water bottle during a shift. But Shambliss says the DNA sample was not a match. Not long after, the prosecutor's office gave Derek and Maria some unexpected news. They wouldn't say why or how, but they had ruled out the Langfords as suspects. The Broadduses were stunned. They had recently told the prosecutors that they planned to file civic charges, sorry, civil charges against the Langfords, and wondered if the prosecutors were lying to prevent the story from blowing up again. My family moved to the boulevard in 1961, and we never caused a problem for anybody. Sandy Langford told me. <laughs> <laughs> it happens, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this guy gets all these letters, and all of a sudden people are pointing fingers. What's that about? Left without a suspect, the Broadduses reopened their personal investigation. They were still coy about sharing too much with their neighbours who remained in the pool of suspects, but spent an afternoon walking the block with a picture of the watcher's handwritten envelope. They hoped someone might recognise the writing from a Christmas card, but the only notable encounter came when an older man who lived behind 657 said his son joked that the watcher sounded a little bit like him. Ooh. A neighbour across the street was a CEO of Kroll, a security firm, and the Broadduses hired the company to look for handwriting matches, but they found nothing. They also hired Robert Leonard, a renowned forensic linguist and former member of the band 
Shanana. <laughs> I don't know what relevance that is. Who didn't find any noteworthy overlap when he scoured local online forums for similarities to the Watcher's writing. Although he did think the author might watch Game of Thrones. Mm. After all... <laughs> who doesn't? <laughs> yeah, yeah. After all, who doesn't? <laughs> Jon Snow is one of the Watchers on the wall, after all. Uh, At one point, Derek persuaded a friend in tech to connect him to a hacker willing to try breaking into Wi-Fi networks in the neighbourhood to look for incriminating documents. But doing so turned out to be both illegal and more difficult than the movies made it seem. So they didn't go through with it at all. Well, that is, that's almost like trespassing. Yeah, that's like really illegal. Internal property yeah. life and just like, It's like hack everyone's private files. Mm. Shamless and the Westfield police were also back at square one. The cops asked Andrea Woods for a DNA sample and interviewed her 21-year-old son, who was surprised to find that he suddenly seemed to be a suspect. A year after the fact, it was hard to find fresh leads, and the initial police canvas had been so porous that it had missed a significant clue. Around the same time that the Broadduses had received their first letter, Another family on the boulevard got a similar note from the Watcher. What? The plot thickens. The parents of that family had lived in their house for years, and their kids were grown, so they threw the letter away, just as the Woodses, Woodses had. Mm-hmm. After the news broke, one of their children posted about it on Facebook, but then deleted the post afterwards. I wonder what the, what the note said. Mm. Yeah, who knows? I guess they threw it away so they couldn't really remember. Yeah. When investigators spoke to the family, they confirmed that the letter had been similar to the Broadduses, but its existence only made the case more confusing. There wasn't a whole lot to go on, (laughs) Shambliss told me. One night, Shambliss and a partner were sitting in the back of a van parked on Boulevard, watching the house through a pair of binoculars. Around 11pm, a car stopped in front of the house long enough for Shambliss to grow suspicious. He says he traced the car to a young woman in a nearby town whose boyfriend lived on the same block as 657. The woman told Shambliss her boyfriend was into some really dark stuff, including, in Shambliss's memory, one in which he was playing as a specific character in a video game called The Watcher. Watcher. As for the female's DNA, Shambliss figured the girlfriend or someone else could have helped. The boyfriend was living elsewhere at the time, but Shambliss says he agreed to come in for an interview on two separate occasions. Mm -hmm. He didn't show up either time, however. Mm -hmm. Shambliss didn't have enough evidence to compel him to appear, and with the media attention dying down, he dropped the case and moved on. Yeah, again, that's pretty sloppy, isn't it? They had like a strong lead, and they were just like, meh. Mm. Uh, Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's weird that they were saying he's into some pretty dark stuff as well. I wonder what that entails. Well, to be fair, I've got like, a couple of mates that are like into some pretty dark, but like not like crim- <laughs> not like criminal stuff. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I mean. But like, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah. You know what I mean. No, but. <laughs> well, you know, like even say like you know, um, not Nicky C, but you know Nicky C's doing some like rap stuff with um, Josh Goff. Oh yeah. Like, he's like he would come across I mean, he's got a second by most Goff. people. Yeah. He would seem like a bit of a, a dark lad. You mm. know, he's very like. I remember at a gig once, like one of the band like actually brought in like a pig's head. Yeah, this is like, what I'm talking yeah, about. Like, like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, they're like, another, another, and they're, there's, um, is he in that band Sick Pig as well? Oh, yeah, it might have been them. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I think he's the lead singer of a metal band called Sick Pig. To be fair, I and think he's also it might have been. A, and, he's, and he's also got that rap project where he calls himself The Alchemist, which Nicky C has done the beats for. Yeah. Do you remember, I'm talking about people like that. Like, mm, by most mm. people's standards, 
You think that's some pretty... Some dark mm. stuff, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, no offence, Josh Goff. <laughs> While the Broadlesses continued to be consumed by stress and fear for the rest of Westfield, the story became little more than a creepy urban legend. A house to walk by on on Halloween, if you were brave enough. <laughs> no one who had lived in the house before the Woodses could recall anything unusual, and it was hard for people to imagine that their idyllic neighbourhood could be host to something so sinister. A woman who lives nearby told me that, after the news broke, she and ten or so of her neighbours had gathered in the street to puzzle out who might have sent their letters. Eventually, she said, they came to the consensus. Maybe the Brosses had sent the letters to themselves. <laughs> yeah, <it> yeah. <laughs> the theory, so far as it went, was that the Brodesses had suffered, had suffered buyer's remorse or realised that they couldn't afford the home and had conducted, uh, concocted an elaborate scheme to get out of the sale. At, while, while spending loads of money on all on the renovations, renovations isn't that? and then immediately after trying to sell the house yeah. while you've concocted a, a, a freaking story that will make people not want to buy the house yeah. yeah I mean if they did do that then they are ridiculously stupid mm. um, which wouldn't explain why they had enough money to buy such a it's nice a house in the situation. first place yeah um, either that or they thought that Derek was cooking up some kind of insurance fraud or they were angling for a movie deal even the Broadlesses received several offers for movie deals, but turned them down. Oh. So that wouldn't make sense. Mm. Lifetime eventually released a movie called The Watcher, despite a cease and desist letter from the Broadlesses, arguing that the couple in its movie was biracial, and the letters were signed, The Raven. <laughs> <laughs> so basically they just changed the family colour from like white to black, and then just changed it from The Watcher to The Raven. Mm. Some locals found it noteworthy that over the course of a decade, the Broadlesses had upgraded from a $315,000 house to a $770,000 house to a $1.3 million house. Million dollars. See, see, that doesn't sound weird to me. That sounds, seems like a... Trading up? Yeah. Mm. So, I think if you've got a good enough job to pay off your mortgages and stuff like that, or at least a large chunk of it, then that's plausible, yeah? Mm. I mean, that's what you do. Mm. Once you're in the housing market... You trade you work up. Your way up. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. yeah, that's, that's literally just what you do. A few weeks after the letters became public, the Westfield Leader published an article in which anonymous neighbours were quoted asking why the Broadlesses kept renovating a home they weren't moving into, or questioning whether they had really done that much renovating at all. The Leader even cast out on Maria's commitment to her family's safety citing as evidence the fact that she had a public Facebook page with a photo of her kids on it. The paper did note that the police had tested Maria's DNA and it didn't match the female DNA found on the envelopes. None of the theories made much logical sense. The Broadlesses had answers to every question. How does someone go from a $300,000 house, $300, house to a $1.3 million house in 10 years, Derek told me? This is America! <laughs> but the they land weren't of the free. Yeah, but that's so true, to be fair to know. <laughs> but ten, dream, ten years is quite a long time as well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Also, you've got to encounter in inflation as well. I hope I've got a considerably better house at the moment in yeah. ten years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, me too. But they weren't speaking publicly, and the rumours persisted. One Boulevard resident wrote a letter to the editor arguing that an elaborate scheme is underway to defraud the Woods family for millions of millions of dollars. <laughs> Chambliss told me some Westfield cops even brought into the theory. There were even more skeptics online. I live in a neighbouring town, 
If these letters have been happening for a while, there is no doubt in my mind that it would have been made public way before this. Lord Fluffernutter said on Reddit, <laughs> This screams scam! <laughs> the Broruses hadn't known how their neighbours would react to news about the Watcher, but they had lived in the area for a decade, and Maria's family had been a part of the community for much longer. So it was shocking to find themselves accused of being con artists. To Derek, it seemed that some in Westfield preferred the conspiracy theory to considering whether their town might be home to a menace. Mm. There is a natural tendency to say, Well, I've lived here for 35 years. Nothing's happened to me, Derek said. What's happened to my family is an affront to their contention that they're safe. That there's no such thing as mental illness in their community. People don't want to believe that this could happen in Westfield. <laughs> While Maria looks back fondly on her childhood, she was born a few years after Westfield resident John List infamously murdered his wife, mother, and his three children in their home, and remembers a period when she and other kids were warned to look out for a strange van driving around town. My mother always told me, don't have a false sense of security, she said. It wasn't that bad things were going to happen all the time, it was that bad things happen everywhere. She didn't want me to think that this is Mayberry. Many locals I spoke to did seem more concerned that the national press might ruin Westfield's good name. Some were primarily worried about arson or vandalism or whether the Broadduses would maintain the lawn. <laughs> Brackets, they did. <laughs> Gotta get your mowing on the go. Mark Logripo, the neighbourhood's representative on the Westfield Town Council, told me the primary concern he heard from residents was that they were worried about their property value and the stigma of the neighbourhood. So that goes to show that there was, uh, I mean, there was almost like a bias from the people around that they didn't want to believe the Broadduses because mm. they were concerned that their, how you know, their, 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 the the local property market was going to crash, mm. you know, bring bad people into the neighbourhood. Mm. If you are considered a nice neighbourhood, it's more like that nice people are going to move in and stuff like that, isn't it? You're, mm. you're keeping it's, that It's up. crazy how, like, some letters, some someone just messing around. It sounds like someone's messing around to me. Like, you know, it's a bit of a messed up person messing yeah, around. Yeah, really dark. Can, mm. like, that's really dark. Yeah, yeah. So, so someone just did literally just, just writing some words to, mm. to, to you, like, can, can, like, have all of that effect. Yeah. So pretty yeah. much ruin someone's life. Um, and like you know the amount of money that they must have spent on like all these investigators yeah, yeah. and everything mm. and like legal and private counselling counselling's not cheap yeah you know I mean? mm. yeah that's it and it's like oh it's crazy isn't it I wonder how long at this point it had been since the last letter yeah mm. oh yeah 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 probably yeah, yeah and like also so have, did they actually move in I think so. Has, so. I think so. Yeah, because it hasn't got because it was just empty for the whole, for like over a year from yeah. the last time I, I can I can remember. But yeah, I mean, I, I, then, yeah. then they just put it on the market. Yeah, yeah, they? yeah, yeah. Anyway, the Broadduses were suddenly outcasts not only from their home but also their new town. Derek wanted to leave Westfield, but Maria insisted on not uprooting their kids. This person took so much from us. Maria told me, I wouldn't let them take more. Two years after the Watcher's letters arrived, the Broadduses borrowed money from family members to buy a second home in Westfield, using an LLC to keep the location private. But staying in town was stressful. The first time Maria let her daughter go to the pool with friends, she stared at the tracker on her daughter's iPhone the whole time. One of their kids was in language arts class, 
when the teacher led a debate about whether the family in a book they were reading should move to Westfield. The class thought they should, in part because of how safe it was. Afterward, one of the kids told the Broses' child, My parents told me that no matter what your family says, Westfield is safe. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, the Broses still had to figure out what to do with 657 Boulevard. Their lawsuit was pending, but seemed unlikely to succeed. Some states require sellers to disclose transient social conditions like murders or possible hauntings. In a 1991 case involving an allegedly ghost-filled house, Whoa. a New York court ruled that, as a matter of law, the house is haunted. <laughs> but New Jersey had no such regulation. A judge later dismissed the lawsuit. The Woodses, through their attorney, declined to comment on this story. Derek looked into renting the house to the Department of Veterans Affairs and a company that runs Halfway Homes. In the spring of 2016, they put 657 back on the market, hoping it might garner more interest given how many people had reacted to the letters by saying they would have ignored them and just moved on. The Broadduses held a well-attended open house, after which Derek and Maria spent hours researching every person who signed in and comparing their handwriting to the watchers. But each time a potential buyer expressed interest and met with the Broadduses' lawyer to read the letters, they backed out. Hmm. Some cocky guy from Staten Island said, Screw it, I'm gonna get a house at a discount, Derek recalled. He read the letters, and then we never heard from him again. Hmm. <laughs> Feeling as if they were out of options, the Broadus' real estate lawyer proposed an idea. Sell the house to a developer, who could just tear it down and split the property into two sellable new homes. They thought they could get one million for the lot. Subdivisions like this had become common in Westfield, much to the chagrin of many locals, and 657 was one of the neighbourhood's largest houses. Even so, dividing it would require the Westfield Planning Board to grant an exception. The two smaller lots would be 67.4 and 67.6 feet wide, just shy of the mandated 70 feet. Mm. When the proposal was publicly announced, Westfield Facebook groups lit up. Mm. <laughs> you can't do that! <laughs> you can't do that, man! <laughs> Some expressed sympathy for the Broadduses, while others pointed out real estate is always a gamble. Another faction was convinced this was the culmination of a long con. Out of this whole scam artist story, there ends up being nothing more disturbing than this move, a local woman said. <laughs> a man who coached the Broadus' son in football wrote, They were in over their head from day one. <laughs> that seems like such a mental... They lost like 300000 and yeah. whatever they spent on... Um, renovations. Yeah, renovations. And the woman had like a full mental breakdown. Yeah. She would have to... Imagine how good of an actress she would have had to have been to fake that to her like professional psychiatrist or whatever. Mm. Do you know what I mean? They're just con artists. Yeah, they're yeah. just coming out, just scammers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Crazy, isn't it? The application was jarring for the neighbours who had learnt about the Watcher from a lawsuit and had always found it strange that the Broadishes didn't share more information. Not seeming to understand they were following orders from the police and trying to protect their kids. A typical Facebook conversation went like this. Sounds like this whole Watcher thing was a ploy. The owners are good people. It's not a ploy. Okay, I know nothing about them. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Kristen Kemp, uh, a friend of the Broadduses, had tried to defend them on one Facebook forum, but people started attacking her. Somebody asked, How do we know it's not you writing the letters, huh? <laughs> when the planning board met to decide the application in January of 2017, 
He had already devoted a three-hour hearing to the issue. More than a hundred residents showed up. One of them, who lived across the street and had a daughter in the same grade as one of the Broadus' kids, had retained a lawyer to fight the proposal. Here was the new suspect. Who but the Watcher would go as far as to hire an attorney to preserve the house. After a quick discussion about a Wells Fargo branch that wanted to use brighter light bulbs than the town allowed, the room grew as tense as suburban planning board meetings can get. <laughs> James Forrest, the Boris's attorney, explained that the three-foot exemption was as narrow as the easel he was using to display a map of the neighbourhood, a map that showed several lots on the block that were also too small. The neighbours expressed concerns that the plan might require knocking down trees and that the new homes would have aesthetically unpleasing front-facing garages. Forrest repeatedly threatened the halfway house as a possible alternative. After the lawyers, a parade of neighbours stood to speak. Glenn Dumont, from across the street, said the proposal would spell the end of the 600 block of Boulevard as we know it today. A woman whose kids had been to the Broadus' old home for a birthday party spoke on behalf of nine neighbours and presented 657 Boulevard as Westfield's Alamo. Our neighbourhoods are constantly under attack from turf, lights, parking decks, you name it, she said. If we can't make a stand on Boulevard, where can we? At one point, Abby Langford stood up to say she had spent almost 60 years looking at a magnificent, beautiful house and want to be looking out and didn't want to be looking out at a driveway. The hearing lasted four hours, during which there was little discussion of the reason the Broadduses had been driven to tear down their dream home in the first place. Has anybody thought about whether or not this lunatic who did this has been apprehended? said Tom Higgins, who lived across the street toward the end of the hearing. Even so, Higgins pointed out that there was no guarantee the Watcher wouldn't send letters to the two new houses and argued that aesthetics should rule the day. Mm. Putting up two houses there is gonna stick out like an old client of mine in Texas told me, <laughs> Higgins said. It's gonna stick out like a dog's balls! <laughs> well, while some of the neighbours expressed compassion, their focus remained on what the Broadduses stood to gain financially and what they themselves might lose. At 11.30pm, the board unanimously rejected the proposal. Oh. It's late at night as well, isn't it? A New Jersey judge later denied the Broadus's appeal of the decision. Derek and Maria were distraught. Even if the plan had gone through, it would have only staunched their financial bleeding. On top of the mortgage and renovations, they have paid around $100,000 in Westfield property taxes. The town denied their request for relief and spent at least that amount investigating the watcher and exploring ways to deal with the home, hmm. not to mention cleaning the gutters. The broad <laughs> so random. The Broaders has recognised that 657 Boulevard was a beautiful house on a beautiful street that was worth maintaining but were surprised their neighbours didn't see the uniqueness of their situation. This is my town, Maria told me recently. I grew up here, and I came back. I chose to raise my babies here. You know what we've been through. You had the ability, two and a half years into the nightmare, to make it a little better. 
and you have decided that this house is more important than we are. And that's really how it felt. <laughs> On top of all that, her dad had recently died unexpectedly. Oh, so her granddad had a heart attack when we went and stayed with him, and then her dad's died. Mate, this woman, no wonder she's had like a psychotic Tough break. break then. Yeah, man. Man, I would just move in, I reckon. If I'd gone yeah. through all of that, mm. and like nothing had really happened apart from the letters, yeah. and like. Take Craft Magar lessons. I'd be like, yeah, I'd just be like, <laughs> right. Buy a shotgun. Oh, actually, I think they might have moved in. I'm, I'm, I'm confused whether they're actually they actually moved in or I not. I think they must be. Yeah, I reckon they moved point. in because this is like mm. two and a half years after. Yeah. So. It is a bit creepy in itself that like none of the uh, neighbours like shared any sympathy. Any empathy or compassion. How creepy yeah. that is like I, a little bit I, creepy. I don't find that um, as un uncommon. I'll tell thing, you what, you man. Know. Yeah, right. I think one thing that's like almost like a bit. Uh, me and you have spoke about this before. Can be a little bit of like startling when you own your own place. Is how sometimes your neighbours can react about <sighs> what to you is like quite trivial things. Yeah, it really depends on the person, man. As well, and like yeah, it really depends on the person. But yeah, I've had some situations with certain neighbours, and I've been almost like a bit shocked. Yeah, mm. it's almost like there's a group of people that really get off on stuff like that. Like get off on being like, like, ha like putting a little bit of control mm. in where they can of like yeah. and it was like I was living in a massive block of flats mm. like before over there and it was there was just a few people that like almost thought the whole place was theirs yeah and, was just like, and, and <laughs> I think it's especially a thing um, with almost like retired folks mm. and yeah and, and I don't mean so that there's any disrespect but yeah it's mm. because they don't have anything else to do and they, pro they probably don't realise that they're being so extreme because but it is an important thing to but them. it's like yeah it when it becomes like a massive yeah, when important you, your thing kids are grown up you don't have to at work anymore so what do you have more to do than just to complain about silly things? Mm. You know what I mean? And mm. it's like, like you th but you think like you're really like making such a big deal out of this, or like pouring all this time into this. Mm. It's like really, mm. weird. it's like a little click, mm. and it's like a little clique forms, mm. and it's really strange, <laughs> bit and, sinister. And change, people don't like change either. So if that house has been there, yeah. like for that many mm. years, then the whole neighborhood would be like, we're banding together, and we ain't gonna let this happen. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, don't when chop I was, my house in two. <laughs> when I was when I was building um like my gym like um a couple of years ago, I found out that there was like a weird little like conspiracy on my street, and that there there were like people sending <laughs> emails around to each other about about it. Yeah, and then I like found out, and I was like, it almost like creeped me out. I was like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. People and yeah, get so funny about stuff. Yeah. Yeah, you changed the roof, didn't you? You were having a roof that was like pitched. Point, pitched and then I had to get it flat then, in the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah, just, cause it, just to stunt the. It was like all the retired people on the, the street rumors. were like, there's this little conspiracy going around. They were all like emailing each other at night and stuff about it. And I just thought it was really weird. I was like, man, have you not got anything there to do? Like, I wouldn't even notice. Mm. If somebody yeah. three or four houses down from me was building something in my garden, I wouldn't even notice. Mm. Let alone be like emailing people about it at night. Yeah. Weird, man. <laughs> anyway, it was all right in the end. But I did have to, I did end up like writing to the council and making sure, do you know what I mean? Because I was worried that I was going to build it all and then somebody was going to, some like nasty neighbour was going to get that, make me like tear it down. Mm. So I wrote to the council and I sent them pictures of it and everything and, and made sure it was all like above board. Mm. And, they, and I got like a letter of approval. So I thought, you know, just to like cover my, my ass. Mm. But yeah, it can be weird, man. Um, on it's not like it was sticking out like a dog's balls. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> On top of all that, her dad, oh yeah, her dad recently died, unexpectedly. Father Michael Sopirito, ah, the priest who blessed the house, went to one of the planning board meetings and told me he was taken aback by how many people had come up to him and said that they thought the whole thing was a hoax. I think the human element of the story was kind of lost on the neighbours, mm -hmm. Sopirito said. The watcher had expressed a desire to protect the boulevard from change, but instead... 
he was tearing it apart. Not long after the planning board's decision, the Broadduses got some good news. A family with grown children and two big dogs <laughs> had agreed to rent old dogs. 657 Boulevard. I love it that they're, they're trying to sell it, they're trying to rent it, they're just putting yeah, it out yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, someone, someone else yeah, live someone here. Else. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the renter told the Star Ledger he wasn't worried about the watcher, though he had a clause in the lease that let him out in case of another letter. Two weeks later, mm. Derek went to 657 to deal with squirrels that had taken up residence on the roof. <laughs> the renter handed him an envelope that had just arrived. No way. That's this, crazy. This letter, two and a half years after the watcher <laughs> appeared, came out of nowhere. It was dated the 13th of February, the day the Broadduses gave dispositions in their lawsuit against the Woodses. You wonder who the Watcher is. <laughs> Turn around, idiots. The letter read. Maybe you even spoke to me, one of the so-called neighbours who has no idea who the Watcher could be. Or maybe you do know and are too scared to tell anyone. Good move. The letter was less stylish and more wrathful than the others, and it seemed the writer had been closely following the story. They had seen the media coverage. I walked by the news trucks when they took over my neighborhood and mocked me. Derek's surreptitious investigatory efforts. <laughs> <laughs> I watched as you watched from the dark house in an attempt to find me. Telescopes and binoculars are wonderful inventions. <sighs> and the attempt to tear down the house. 657 Boulevard survived your attempts ass attempted assault and stood strong with its army of supporters barricading its gates. The letter read, My soldiers off the boulevard followed my orders to a T. They carried out their mission and saved the soul of 657 Boulevard with my dark orders. All hail the Watcher. <laughs> the renter was mentioned. He was spooked but agreed to stay if the Broadduses installed cameras around the house, and the letter indicated revenge could come in many forms. Maybe a car accident, maybe a fire, maybe something as simple as a mild illness that never seems to go away, but makes you feel sick day after day after day after day after day. Mold. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the death of a pet. Loved ones suddenly die. Planes and cars and bicycles crash all the time. Bones break. It was like we were back at the beginning, said Maria, who's now turned English. But it also meant fresh evidence that might help invigorate the investigation. Derek took the letters to the police headquarters, where a detective looked at a neighbourhood map and traced a circle around the house 300 yards in diameter, suggesting the Watcher must be somewhere in there. Derek drew one much closer. In my view, it's one of ten houses in the world, he said. Mm. The Broadduses continued to press the case, but there still wasn't much for law enforcement to go on, and it was possible to look up and down the street and see the Watcher in practically anyone. Residents mentioned to me a teenager whose father had grown up around the corner, 
and a man who sometimes walked around the neighborhood playing a flute. <laughs> it's like the pipe pipe, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like, just like loads of rats following. <laughs> An elderly couple behind the house had been there for 47 years. The husband was the man Bull Woodward had seen sitting in a lawn chair looking at the Broadus' house. One of their kids had married a man who grew up in, of all places, 657 Boulevard. But these were bits of information that could mean everything or nothing depending on how hard you looked at them. That's the frustrating bit, isn't it? Mm. That, like, you and it's the paranoia, any... like yeah, I was saying. Exactly, paranoia yeah. can cause you to look too much into anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Broadlisters sent new names to the investigators whenever they found something odd, but their greatest fear was that the Watcher could be someone they'd never even suspect. One day last spring, Derek picked me up at the Westfield train station. We drove past 657 Boulevard, which he and Maria try to avoid unless they have to pick up the tax bill. Oh, so they're definitely not living there then. <laughs> it's all beautiful trees and beautiful houses, but all I feel is anxious, oh, Derek I, said. I do remember, they bought another house, didn't they, that was close by, that was uh, hidden yeah. by the LS yes. something. Yes, yes, so, yes. Yeah. The LLC. LLC. Yeah, basically it's like buying it through almost like a company, isn't it? Ah, yeah. So your details wouldn't show up. Sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night thinking, what would my life be like if this didn't happen? We lost Christmas a couple of times, and you don't get that back with your kids. Christmas with a five-year-old. Oh, man. That is sad. As a a father, I I, I, uh, feel some solidarity there. The Broadduses no longer live in ever-present fear that the Watcher might strike at any moment, but they continue to deal with lingering effects from these letters. They have a new tenant at 657, but the rent doesn't cover the mortgage. They're, oh man, they're, mm. they're, they're financially ruined. Mm. This is this financially ruined in the house, really, isn't it? Hopefully they got like a lot from the American Horror Story stuff yeah. and the Netflix like show. <laughs> yeah, for, for like a 1.3 mil house, I guess they're... I mean, mm. the thing is, I know that mortgage rates are a lot higher in America, so I can't even give like a good estimate. Mm. But in British terms, it would probably be like close to four grand a month. Three and a half, just grand, four grand a month. Probably, maybe. Yeah, more. probably more. Yeah, mm. yeah, probably more. To be honest, that's crazy. Yeah, and I know that mortgage rates, as I said, are actually higher mm. in America. I reckon as well. This story, mm. they must have got a lot for this story because this was released in the New York Times. Mm. So I guess that'll be something True. that's like. I don't blame them for that though, because yeah. by that point, if you became desperate, any enough, way of getting something, and it's mm, easy money, yeah. and you're suffering anyway. Mm. So I actually don't blame them for that at all. Yeah, yeah me neither. It's a big exclusive, isn't it, as mm. well, for, for the paper. So like you say, I wouldn't be surprised if it's actually like quite a bit of money they got for doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, that's, that's sad, isn't it? It must be so frustrating for them that the rent of the people that Anyone live in the house Anyone still want to do those cover. movie deals? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, the, their kids are occasionally teased at school over the incidents, and the conspiratorial rumours persist. They try to avoid the people who spoke out against their planning board application or accused them of being con artists, but suburban life makes that impossible. I see these people on the soccer field, on the train station, and my heart starts going like it did when I played hockey and was about to get in a fight. <laughs> Derek says. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, I was like, all right, Maria's a bit of a dark horse. <laughs> When Maria found herself in a spin class at the local YMCA with the head of the planning board, she went up afterwards and told him, You continue to hurt my family every day. 
<laughs> Earlier this year, the planning board approved splitting a lot around the corner that required an even larger exception than the Broaduses. That's just nasty. Yeah, that's yeah. By this point, you would feel victimised, wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah. Most people in Westfield told me they rarely thought of the Watcher anymore. The real estate market was doing just fine, for one, and many were surprised to find out the Broaduses were still dealing with the problem. Hindsight made Derek and Maria wonder if they should have sold the house at a loss early on. I bet they should have done, but hindsight's mm. always twenty twenty, isn't it? Do you know? I reckon people would pay like a lot to stay in this house. T- like turn it, it into like an attraction. Yeah, yeah that's a good like idea. Stay yeah. in the watcher. House. Almost like rather Someone than fighting, fighting it, embrace yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and six five seven Boulevard conjured too much emotional pain for them to ever consider moving back in. Mm. They hope that a few years of renting the place without incident will help them sell it. The prosecutor's office was continuing its investigation, but the Broadduses knew it was unlikely the Watcher would ever be caught and that the legal punishment would likely be minimal. That's a shame. Mm. The Watcher was also no longer the only person sending anonymous letters in Westfield. That's the annoying thing about it going public. Yeah. That's probably one of the things like, probably where the police said originally. Yeah. Copycat letters and just create people cashing in. and mm-hmm. Just makes the whole case way more confusing, doesn't it? Last Christmas Eve, several families in Westfield received an envelope in their mailboxes. They'd been delivered by hand to the homes of people who had been the most vocal in criticising the Broadduses online. One of them, who lived a few blocks down on Boulevard, had written on Facebook, I wish we could go back to the days of tar and feathers. I have just a couple in mind. Another family, which was a tar and feather, the broader bit. That's fucking brutal. That is fucking brutal. Is that what, what? they would do? Like, That's just said, I, I, yeah, you just put feathers on and you'd have yeah, to rip hot off the feathers. Tar? So oh. it would like burn your skin. Oh my god. Because obviously tar and room temperature is solid. Yeah. So it would have to be boiling tar. It was like, <laughs> it was like a punishment back in the day. So you'd be like burnt and then cover them in feathers. Oh. That's, that's brutal, isn't it? Yeah. That's mental. The thing that you'd openly put that online to people that had already tortured <laughs> so much. Like financially ruined, mentally just distraught, and then you're like saying that you want to tar and feather them openly. <laughs> As the watchers had been, and that it accused. Oh, wait a minute, sorry. I have just the couple in matter, yeah. Another family who got the letter told me it was weirdly poetic, as the Watchers had been, and that it accused the families of speculating inaccurately about the Broaduses. Oh, he's like coming back to defend them. (laughs) It included several stories about recent acts of domestic terrorism in which signs of brewing mental illness had gone unnoticed. The typed letters were signed, Friends of the Broaduses family. The letter writer had clearly been infected not only with the Watcher's penchant for anonymous notes, but also a simmering resentment. One that had snaked its way through Westfield, making enemies of neighbours. The people who received the letters didn't know who sent them, but the tone had a familiar ring to me. When I asked Derek Brodus whether he had written them, he paused for a moment and then admitted he had. Whoa. He wasn't proud of it. He hadn't even told his wife, and said they were the only anonymous letters he'd ever written. But he had felt driven to his wit's end, fed up with watching silently as people threw accusations at his family based on practically nothing. One of the people who received the letter told me they had never met the Broduses and had no interest in doing so whatsoever, which makes his claim strange. Mm. Mm. 
It's almost like he's oh, becoming so he... the Watcher. Mm. <laughs> You're becoming so psychologically oh, damaged. He's like becoming him. The I Watcher. Swear, I suppose if you'd be so immersed in it, yeah. mm. it would be like, you know. It's like that Linkin Park lyric, isn't it? It's like, took what I hated and made it a part of me. <laughs> Never goes away. Never goes away. And now you've become a part of me. Um, where was I? The Watcher had been obsessed with 657 Boulevard, and Derek, in turn, had become obsessed with the Watcher and everything the letters had set in motion. It's like a cancer in my bones, he told me. I think about it every day. <laughs> Jesus. The watch becomes the watcher. Yeah. Sitting. It seems like there's going to be like some weird end where he then writes like the letters to his wife or something. Yeah. It turns out he was the watcher. <laughs> oh man, yeah, he's just a complete psycho. Sitting at the Westfield train station, Derek handed me his phone so I could read the fourth letter. You are despised by the house, it read, and the watcher has won. <laughs> and that's the end of the case. That's the end of the story. Man. Uh, brutal. He's brutal. Watcher. He's, he's definitely um he's definitely won, hasn't he really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, 100%. They never went in there. Oh. And the house still lives. I'm intrigued like what did he think of their ruin? Like was it just like a really dark twisted joke and do you reckon he was like oh man I feel super bad about this but I can't come out and confess it now mm. or do you reckon he was like so deranged that he was like good mm. Mm. No, I mean like my plan has come to fruition mm. well by the sounds of the fourth letter that's what actually was what yeah was like. exactly Yeah, he was pretty committed as well wasn't he he was like committed to the whole thing like for years yeah man there's a weird like destiny to it you know that sort of destiny feeling you get with some horror movies? Like I watched The Shining recently. Oh, yeah, yeah. And there's like that over overriding like thing where they're almost meant to be like oh, yeah, they were yeah. they were destined to be in this situation. You mm. almost get that feeling. If you were the people getting these letters, you'd be like, Why me? And why me? Oh man, yeah, fully. Yeah. Fully. Some people, man, just get a, dealt a, a bad hand in uh-huh. life, man. Uh-huh. Don't they? Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like you, if you were those people, you would literally be like, Man, what have I done to deserve this? Yeah. Mm. I'm just thinking like you know, I said oh, I'd move. I'd want to move in because mm. I, cause, like, I can't. I can't imagine like feeling so threatened by something like mm. outside. Like I, I'd feel like I'd almost rather than just wanting to sell it and stuff. I'd like. I'd saying that. You know, if you want to protect your family, maybe that is you trying to protect your family. Like mm. I'm not even going to let him mm. around the risk. You know mm. what I mean? But for me, I'm a bit like I would like yeah, move in. Learn foie gras or whatever. Crab, <laughs> crab, crab <laughs> my gut. Crab foie gras is like a dish, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I would learn how to cook foie gras. Yeah, yeah, cook the then, watcher some food. Yeah, you know, cook him up a storm and like, or, do you know what I mean? Just yeah. like, just, just yeah. make this house into you, a fortress that yeah. no one ever could get into and with you, all my guns yeah. and stuff. Like, mm. Yeah, you think that if you had like a, like a really good alarm system, mm. like that was literally like, you know Amazing what I mean? Alarm yeah. system, like, like, panic room that you could yeah. all run to and just lock yourselves in. You could do it, you know what I mean? You could have like an alarm system where it didn't like, uh, do you know I mean necessarily like pick you up in your bedroom? So, yeah. Do you know what yeah. I mean? But like, just so if anybody moved around downstairs or anything, it would go off. Yeah. CCTV. I guess the thing is, if you're spending like 1.5 mil or how much that you spent in the end, like you would, you wouldn't want to be living in fear, would you? Mm. Or I'd, well, I'd want to get it to the. I want to spend the money that I that they must have spent mm. hundreds of thousands of dollars of all the other stuff. I yeah, I would like spend that on making it this fortress that no one could even get into. Mm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 
Well, I Man. suppose you don't know until you're in the situation, do you? Yeah. But it seems like such a shame, and to take on that much financial ruin and everything, you know. Come there'd on, definitely be on. like a point where it would get almost less scary and more frustrating. Yeah, exactly. Where you'd just yeah, be I like, so. I'm just getting you, annoyed now. I yeah, just yeah, yeah you get angry. House. Yeah, you get yeah. angry, yeah. That's what I said, like, you know, you get to a certain point and you just go full Rambo, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. You'd be like, man... It's Come like, at me. Yeah. Knocking on doors. You'd be like, the watch has <laughs> got more afraid of me than the other way around in this Yeah, point. yeah. So, yeah. I hope I catch him downstairs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Crazy, crazy story, though. <laughs> That's why I read it out, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Very creepy. Yeah, it is a crazy creepy. story. A fitting one for Halloween. Creepy, mm. fitting, and crazy. The murder house. I won't give away any spoilers, but I will say that the uh, the the Netflix adaptation is very good. Nice. Especially the last episode, especially, it's a very very good ending. So it's taken inspiration from this story, yeah. but made it its own. Now, now, like hearing that though, again, like this one, it, it is actually. Uh, it's not 100% accurate, but most of the key points they use oh, in cool. the series, mm. and you when if you watch that, you will... Like the house uh, split and stuff. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm not sure about that, but like uh, the majority of the key points mm. they use in the series. Right. Um, and you will definitely understand what I mean when you watch it. But mm. yeah, the, the last episode is very very good mm -hmm. they're all good but the way they did the way they go about the last episode is is very very good nice because obviously it is an open-ended thing mm. yeah um but yeah it's just very very creepy it's very creepy oh nice and it leaves you with like the like the story it leaves you with a lot of like questions still mm. yeah <laughs> but in a very good way in a very good way i can't believe they didn't push further on that guy that they said oh it was yeah. like really dark and had this um had this game which he was playing where he constantly played as the watcher. Well they said they like they invited him for an interview twice and he didn't turn up so they just dropped it. Yeah. yeah. But oh, to me, okay. do you like think like that's really weird because you think, right, being a police officer, right, is one of the most important jobs in society. But like how many jobs would you be allowed to just like book a couple of <laughs> meetings? And then if the person didn't turn up and it was like really crucial, you'd be like, oh, I'm just, gonna, just not going to bother them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, how I many think, jobs could you get away with that? Yeah. Like, isn't I think it's different in America to the to the UK, but that whole thing of like innocent until proven guilty in America. Well, it's like that in England as well. Is it? Britain, so, yeah. so, so what? So in, unless you have got substantial evidence yep. that yep. that like you could actually question someone, it's, 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 maybe that was why they were having to invite him because they didn't have enough evidence. They couldn't like, like force him in. Yeah, they couldn't arrest to, him to arrest him or go into it. But you know. So you think, oh, oh that's why point, didn't actually. they? Why didn't they mm. go and um, knock on his door? Yeah, I go and knock on his door. But maybe they weren't legally allowed to. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, Surely you can go and knock on someone's door. You can't necessarily enter their property. You can knock on someone's door. Mm. Mm. I guess they still have the the prerogative to just go no comment and just shut the door or something. As yeah, well, they could they? do that. Yeah, they mm. could do that. But then again, yeah. they might answer. They might just feel like answering some questions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if the police came and knocked on my door and they had some questions, I would be happy to answer them. Mm. I, I would if probably done something or not. Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming that I did it in this case. Yeah. Mm. I'm assuming that I'm not the watcher, but I would I would invite them in. Mm. Yeah, 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 same. Because it does seem weird that they yeah. didn't push harder, yeah. like, to get an interview with that guy. Like, asking twice. Yeah. You'd seem, even that in itself seems quite, like, mm. underselling it. <laughs> mm. Like, twice doesn't seem like a lot of, like, if they'd have said, oh, we asked him ten times and every time he didn't come, they'd be was like, into, you know what, fair enough. He but. was into dark stuff. Yeah. And he played a game. Where he, what was it? Either a game called The Watcher, or he played a character called The Watcher. Yeah, but either I mean, either way, either yeah. way, that's like yeah, that's like pretty. Because uh, mm. you do tend to like um, do whatever you're like into at that time. Mm. You tend to sort of subconsciously or consciously 
making uh, a part of your life. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Life you do. Imitates you art. do, don't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you just do. It's yeah. Just... And and his girlfriend was outside the house for ages in the car. You know, mm. Yes. Like, just why was she? What what reason? At first, I thought it was like they were like dogging outside the house or something. Mm. Mm. You know, have a cheeky dog. Yeah. yeah. But obviously, there must be some weird reason they would just sat outside mm. there for ages. Like, yeah. You better drive because I can't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we shall never know, or maybe we will know, because this mm. only happened in two thousand and fourteen. So yeah. it may, might be an ongoing case. I wonder what the situation now is. I wonder if they still have the house or if they yeah. have sold it or if they're still renting it. I'll, we yeah, we'll I'll have, to, I'll try look and, it we'll have to try and find out. I'll look it up. I bet the Netflix documentaries like brought, brought a lot more eyes it's onto the cases. It's not a documentary. Oh, yeah, series. no, the, the series, sorry. Yeah, yeah it's brought like, a lot more eyes onto it as well. So people, oh, yeah. that oh. might almost relight the fire for people relight to be like, let's figure my it out. Fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, for sure. sure. <laughs> well, everyone, you'll have to let us know what you think. Who do you think, of all the people that we mentioned today, was the watcher? Was it Michael, mm. the slightly um, spe- special mm. man that lived next door, the son of Peggy, mm. the strange old lady? Was it the dark boyfriend of the lady in the car who played as a character called the watcher? Was it one of the... Was it the old couple that lived around the back of the house, mm. but strangely had their decking chairs facing the Broadus's house? Mm. Or was it somebody else we mentioned? Let us know. Was it a wider conspiracy? Was it the Broadus's themselves mm. trying to gain financial get get financial gain? But it ended up uh, they ended up stabbing themselves in, a in the really foot. Silly mm. way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In which case, very stupid. <laughs> Either way, let us know, guys. We hope that you are having a happy Halloween, and we hope that you don't receive any letters from the Watcher. Mm. Um, if you do. Unlucky. Unlucky. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I haven't really got anything else to say. <laughs> Unlucky. Mm.